0: Just before we get into today's show, just want to... Give you a heads up that we are giving you the chance to introduce the Full Yards podcast. We'd love for you to introduce the podcast. So what you need to do is head over to our Twitter at Full Yards. Click on the Voice bite link which will give you uh, the opportunity to submit a 15 second voice message where you can do whatever you like for those 15 seconds and we'll play the best ones on the show. So if you want to introduce the show and we'd love to have uh, different voices uh, to introducing uh, the podcast, you now have the chance to do so. So get involved. Um, But now let's get into the show. You're listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast with your host, Timothy Lambert Monk. Yes, we welcome you in to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. Week 5 is now done and dusted, a third of the way through the fantasy season, which is somewhat depressing, but there we are, there we have it. Uh, We're joined on the episode by Lee Wakefield, obviously our co-host, who I'm delighted to say has survived his uh, stag do, not his stag do, but a stag do uh, in the sunny part of Kent. It's absolutely miserable up here in Scotland, so I hope you're enjoying the nice weather down there at the moment. Um, Lee, obviously welcome you in, have a good weekend. Under under, over beers, 20.5 beers over under yeah uh,
1: way over, way
0: over. <laughs> yeah way over have a good time yeah, mate
1: good weekend uh yeah it's still quite warm down here actually we, we were just saying that it wasn't not even no even chill in the air i would say so yeah i know we're enjoying a bit of a got an indian summer but yeah we're having one, having one of those whatever you call it
0: yeah we're we're having an arctic arctic <laughs> an arctic autumn uh, <laughs> uh, floods and rain absolutely everywhere but never mind uh we we shall move on um yeah, obviously, yeah, you away for the weekend. But uh, obviously, you must have seen quite a lot of the games uh, on Sunday. But uh, yeah, I yeah. suppose I suppose the main part, the main bits of news to, for everyone to catch up on since the games. Uh, Jay Ajayi has landed on the IR uh, with a torn ACL, uh, which has led to you know rumours ra- rumours are rife that Philadelphia have contacted Buffalo about the trade for LeSean McCoy. Bit, bit of an interesting one. Obviously, he spent quite a few number of seasons there, and is no doubt. Uh, a fan favourite there with all the Philly fans it would be quite interesting to see him in that backfield obviously it makes a lot more sense than like a Le'Veon Bell would do but um, yeah it remains to be seen on that one your thoughts? Um,
1: yeah it's a, it's a deal that they could get done and they need a bit of a kickstart to Philadelphia so it, it could be worth doing obviously he's still their um, franchise rushing leader I believe Yeah. so um, he's, he's obviously got the good history He's obviously a bit of a different team than what he left
2: yeah.
1: I'm sure the fans would welcome him back with open arms if they, if they did that deal and I wouldn't be surprised if they did it obviously Harry Roseman's been throwing in some some big deals in his time in the Eagles. He's not afraid to make a move. Um, So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised one bit if that happened.
0: Yeah, uh, obviously Leonard Finette uh, is still out and is probably unlikely for week six against the Cowboys. And that's led to the Jacksonville Jaguars signing Jamal Charles. I didn't realise we were in 2012, but there we are. Um, So Jamal Charles there seems to be a Jacksonville Jaguar, so he could be a candidate for the waiver wire. Uh, Obviously last night, Monday Night Football, uh, recording this on Tuesday the 9th of October. Last night, Drew Brees broke the uh, passing yards record previously held by Peyton Manning. For I think it was about a thousand days. I think on his um, his heartfelt congratulations <laughs> message, shall we say? Yeah, um, I saw that. that. was really good. Typical <laughs> to to do that. Uh, he's such a yeah. Uh, I didn't I didn't really know what to make of it. It's such so <laughs> it's so cringeworthy, but yeah, it's the NFL and he's he's probably used to it with always Papa John's uh, adverts, isn't he? Yeah, well,
1: his adverts are pretty legendary. I would say so, yeah, he's yeah. done some good ones. Yeah, quite and, yeah, it was, it was just sort of it was one of that ilk, wasn't
0: it? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, well, he's, yeah, he's accustomed to doing it. But yeah, well, congratulations to Drew Brees. Obviously, that franchise as well. He's been uh, been a stalwart for the for the Saints. Obviously, he's needed the uh, lack of a defense to help him do that and achieve it. But um, all the same, it's quite a feat. Drew Brees, obviously, passing it's going to extend for another at least another year, I suppose. Um, so, God, God knows what number it could get to. Um, just for those that are wondering, I think Aaron Rodgers is about 30, 3,500, is it 3,500 or thirty-five thousand uh, passing yards away? So, yeah, still still a bit to catch uh, Drew Brees, but um, obviously in a, in a league that's becoming more passer-friendly as the years go by, obviously that, that at some point Drew Brees' record will probably go, but it's, uh, yeah, all the same, uh, congratulations to him. Uh, any other bits of news for you, Lee? No, I was just, just going to
1: add on to that bit about Brees. I think that'll stand for a little bit more than 1,000 days. Um, so he'll have more longevity than you've seen from Peter of mind with that one
2: yeah
1: uh, like I say it's probably going to get broken in, in the future um, like I say it's, it's very much a passing league at the moment um, but yeah no I think we'll see that beating but yeah hats off to him uh, obviously a charge are great as well <laughs> don't think we can just say that but uh, yeah um, yeah I had to throw that one in there but yeah <laughs> no well done to him
0: Yeah, Okay. just uh, give you a heads up on what is on the show today, Uh, on the podcast, we're going to recap all the games from week five, including Thursday Night Football, Um, we're going to go through some waivers for your fantasy football teams for week six, and then look ahead to Thursday Night Football, which is the um, aforementioned Philadelphia Eagles travelling to MetLife Stadium to face the Giants. Uh, but before we do that just obviously want to say uh, we are given you the opportunity to win a free jersey obviously we've passed a milestone for our Twitter followers so head over to our Twitter at Full10Yards where you can just retweet our pin tweet and reply with your the hashtag F10Y jersey your size and your team and you'll be entered in the draw which will take place at the end of the month to win an NFL jersey completely free so go ahead and do it if you're not following us uh, as well you can catch our, our personal accounts at Tim underscore Monk 85 and at Wakefield uh, at Wakefield 90 uh, for Lee. But, Lee, let's get into week five and let's start off at Thursday night football. Um, Wasn't really much of a match-up, this one. Uh, Patriots taking it 38-24. Patriots, obviously, after the Sunday games, are now top of the AFC East. Normal service has resumed. But it's quite a comfortable one for the Patriots here.
1: Yeah, like you say, normal service has resumed. Um, Obviously, that little uh, little flurry of people saying that Dolphins are going to win is is well well and truly gone now. Um yeah, it's sort of it's like you said, it's a pretty easy win for the Patriots. They were up twenty four to three at half time and you're sort of thinking there that the, the, the game's already gone. Um but yeah, it was it's sort of like there are some bright sparks, I'd say, for the Colts. Obviously, Luck went out and threw for another fifty nine attempts, uh threw three hundred and sixty five yards, three touchdowns, obviously two or two picks as well. But what what I'm getting at there is the fact that he's actually able now to go out and throw fifty nine times. Yep. Which is obviously quite big for his short obviously. I think we mentioned it last week that he throws sixty times before yeah. that in the previous week. Yeah. He's thrown hundred and twenty times on a short on two games in a short week. Yeah. There they about. So he's he's obviously he's obviously pretty much back up to full strength now. And it's just a case of now of rebuilding that roster and, and sort of putting the pieces around him. Um, and but obviously they've had they've had a terrible um general manager in the last before Ryan and when they had his name's escaping me. No, it was Ryan Grigson. Now they've got Chris Ballard. Ryan Grigson destroyed their roster, and he sort of didn't have any real good moves, and it's just about building it up now. Mm. One of those building blocks they have brought in, someone I've been banging and jumping for, for a few weeks, is Naheem Hines. Yeah. He's obviously come in. He's got 15 carries, and he's got seven touches through the air for 90 yards. It's not bad for a rookie. Uh, he seems to be really taking hold of that uh, running back position now. Yeah, um, and I, I sort of said this uh, previously, where it was always a backfield where you needed someone to emerge from it, and he seems to be the one who has done so. Mm. It's obviously great, great for him, great for any fantasy owners like myself. Um, so yeah, if he we might move on to the wave a while, obviously a bit later, I might bang jump him for the third or fourth time this season. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah, certainly in PPR leagues, he's certainly a guy that uh, shouldn't really be on waivers. A couple of other big games uh, of note, Tony Michel followed up his big game last week, 98 yards on the ground, one touchdown, I think he had 12 yards through the air as well. James White, as ever, uh, more than reliable out the backfield, uh, 77 yards through the air and a touchdown. But Eric Ebron taking, taking the spoils in this one, I suppose, is the main headline, but Jack Doyle soon to be back. Um, 105 yards and two touchdowns through the air for him in in you know, I think 22 fantasy points or so, uh, which is not a bad effort the, the dumpster fire of a tight end position. Uh, not really much to to us uh, to to do on this game. So let's move on to the Sunday games. Let's start off with the the game that everyone everyone was looking forward to: Tennessee at Buffalo. Um, <laughs> My God. Uh, Mr. M- Mr. We- 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 Marcus Mariota. No touchdowns again for him. Uh, Derek Henry struggled to get going as well. 11 carries, I think, 56 yards. Uh, Josh Allen. I think that these two teams... I-, I said on the Kickers Matter podcast yesterday that these teams seem to be very Jekyll and Hyde, depending on you know, whether they're at home or away or you know kind of game script. Because you know, Buffalo Bills' defence has pretty much won their two games that they've won, obviously, against t- Tennessee here uh, and against the Vikings. But Tennessee... Uh, themselves, very, very, very up and down, obviously coming on coming right back down to earth after beating Philadelphia last week.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's it's another sort of uh, one where I'm looking at the Titans, I'm thinking about this game beforehand, and you're thinking they've, they've got to win. Obviously, they're, they're grinding out results, as we spoke about uh, on previous pods. And, uh, you know, you'd expect them to go to Buffalo and grind out again, mm. uh, but it's just not working. It, it, something's just not right. Like you say, is sort of up and down, generally more down than up. Um, and the, the running game that everyone was talking about in pre-season with Dion Lewis and Derek Henry just not been good enough, just simple as that, really. Yeah. Um, I expected a lot more from this offense. Obviously, Matt LaFleur went in as uh, offensive coordinator, having I mean, worked with Sean McVay, and you kind of you kind of expect it to be that sort of McVay way of thinking, quite innovative, quite up, up-tempo. Um, you thought that with all the talent, because when you look at Tennessee's roster on paper, talent-wise, it's brilliant on both sides of the ball. They've not got a lot of holes you're thinking, you know, they're going to get this, uh, you know, young head coaching staff uh, with a defensive head coach and an innovative offensive coordinator, and it's going to be great. And that's what I, that's certainly what I thought, but it's just not working. They're grinding out results uh, and winning by the odd, the odd point here and there. And obviously this time they've lost by one to a Buffalo Bills side that's, that's you know, not pulling up any trees either.
0: No, I mean, Josh Allen, 10, 10 and 19 for 82 yards and an inception. I mean, yeah, that's that's the quarterback.
1: Um, He's um, he's doing more damage with his legs and on his arm. You know, he's basically become their red zone running back.
0: Yeah, I mean, success
1: to refer to him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah,
0: he. It's not good quarterback play by any means. No, it's it's awful. Um, yeah, Sean McCoy had more rushing yards than he did uh, passing yards, and uh, Sean McCoy was their top rusher and top receiver with 85 yards on the ground, 23 yards through the air. Oh my god! Um, yeah, but uh, but Buffalo improved to two and three. Tennessee dropped to three and two. Which you know, come the end of the season, that could be a big result there for the Titans in the AFC uh, AFC South in the grand scheme of things. But um, yeah, we'll see. Obviously, see how the rest of the season plays out. But let's uh, talk about another team that didn't really turn up. The Atlanta Falcons getting absolutely curb stomped by the Pittsburgh Steelers, 41 to 17. Um yeah I mean the Falcons gave up six sacks here and and Ben Roeth- Roethlisberger and especially James Conner uh, pretty much did whatever they wanted uh, with with the Falcons defense I think uh, James Conner had 72 yards on the opening drive I think it was um for if, if if I remember correctly but yeah 110 yards uh, on the ground two touchdowns obviously uh, some some stuff through the air as well but Antonio Brown obviously got right as well but yeah pretty much everyone everyone got points here for the for the Steelers
1: yeah, it's becoming a real uh, problem now for Atlanta and their defense. It's, it's missing a lot of big players, um, but it's becoming a real problem. They can't defend the run. They can't defend running backs out of the backfield. And like you say, James Connor just had—he just did whatever he wanted, really. Um, and it's, it's something that other teams are going to latch onto, and it's something that other teams are going to exploit. And, at one and four, and before the season, everyone was expecting the NFC to be brilliant, and Atlanta being a big part of that and very competitive. But at one and four, their season is on a knife edge, really. I think they're you know, done. They're, they're, I, I would be inclined to agree with you, to be honest. You know, it's it's a long way back, but for a team that you know fully healthy. Is Possibly the, one of the most talented, if not the most talented. It's it's a pretty shocking state of affairs, really. It just shows how much I mean, injuries have killed this team,
0: really. Mm. Yeah, Huda Jones held with our catch until the first, the, the fourth quarter. But here's an interesting stat for you. Obviously, this is uh, James Connors' second game of the season where he's had 100 yards on the ground and and um, and two touchdowns. Le'Veon Bell has never done that in an NFL season.
1: That's, that's very interesting. Mm. I mean, let's not go. To- that in to compare James Connor to Levi Bell. But oh no, no. Uh, it's a really interesting stat. Yeah, very interesting. It kind yeah. of shows that Connor can probably fill in for at least the medium term yeah. for Pittsburgh, just while they uh, sort of find a, another star in the making.
0: Yeah, obviously Levi Bell thinks he'll be back and report, report to the team in Week Seven, but it'd be interesting to see how, obviously how that one plays out. But yeah, I think Atlanta, Atlanta are done now in, in for this season. Obviously in the NFC South, which has got the Saints in and the, the, the Panthers. I mean, they're too, they're too far back there. Uh, and they're not going to make the playoffs I don't think they're too far back but Pittsburgh 2-2-1 two, two uh, again they've got a little bit of a way to go to to catch up with Cincinnati um, obviously I think they play each other next week so that's going to be a barnstormer of a game uh, let's move on to Broncos at Jets Isaiah uh, Corral 219 yards uh, for, I think it was what, 15 carries I think it was my god um, yeah. and Robbie Anderson with two long bombs as well I think all the touchdowns that the uh, the Broncos gave up and on special teams as well were all over like 30 yards so not quite sure this what this Denver defense is doing uh, but and again Case Keenum didn't have the greatest of games really I know he threw for a couple of touchdowns and Damaris Thomas had a nice touchdown as well but yeah Jets Jets just won this one, won, won this one going away
1: yeah, the Jets are another team that are kind of up and down. Uh, some weeks they look quite good, and Sam Donald looks quite promising. Another week they just look like one of the worst teams in the whole league. But what was quite promising from Donald is that the, the connection has been strong with Quincy Unworth, uh, you know, for the season so far. But then this season was a real breakout game of his connection with Roby Anderson. Mm. Um, obviously, like you say, he got a couple of long touchdowns with it, mm. uh, but that connection was there all day. And... Um, yeah, the Jets did it on the ground as well. Obviously, like we mentioned with Isaiah Crowell, and they just ran all over the Broncos. Um, it's a big win for the Jets. Um, with the loss to, you know, for, for the Broncos, I think with Casey obviously winning in Jacksonville, which we'll come on to later. I think that's our bet over and done with, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, we just uh, we just need to <laughs> need to <laughs> just need to establish a forfeit now. I think, but um, yeah, great. But it's
1: it's worrying for the Broncos because obviously, yeah. like we're saying, and obviously, I like to get that in there that you know I picked the Chiefs, up. Obviously, as a child, just trying not not too not too pleased about it either. But um, yeah, it's worrying for the Broncos because obviously next week they've got uh, a certain Todd Gurley and the LA Rams coming oh, in, and he's quite good at running the football, I believe.
0: Yeah, I mean, if Corral can put two hundred nineteen yards on the ground against them, Todd Gurley, oh my God, could have four hundred yards on his own, I think.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, I might need to look at what the uh, what the game record for running yards is.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, let's move on to the Chiefs and obviously home uh, home win against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Bit underwhelming, I thought this game in the end. You uh, didn't really get to didn't get really get to see what we wanted to see. Blake Bortles, uh was the bad Blake Balls, unfortunately. Still had 430 yards uh, through the air and one touchdown, but you know all the damage was done early. Some horrible uh, interceptions here for the Kansas City Chiefs uh, defense. Patrick Mahomes didn't really struggle too much. He was kept quiet in terms of passing. You know, he had 300, 300 yards, no touchdowns, but Cream Hunt and you know they, they they did enough on defense essentially.
1: Yeah, and you, and you know he ran, he ran one in. He, he yeah. ran in the first yeah. one as well. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he was. This was like you say. This was quite disappointing because you expect this to be an absolute, you know, classic, and it just wasn't really because the Chiefs weren't really needing to stretch themselves because play balls was just inept, really. Um, you know, he's got three turnovers in the first half, including one on a, a, a screen pass that went for pick
2: six.
1: Yeah. Um, so I, I was really glad that it was only one week stream for my fantasy team uh, last week. Uh, took him straight back out as soon as I could. And uh, yeah, he did me well. But um, let me ask you this. So obviously before the season, you, you were looking at that uh, Jags roster in, in general. Mm. And um, you're kind of thinking they're only a quarterback away from being almost absolute certainties. So why didn't they go for Teddy Bridgewater?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one. I, I think, yeah. I it's,
1: mean, the money, it's the money side of it, but obviously if you look at it from a pure, you know, who's better point of view, just doing a little trade and like, like we've seen a ball in Baltimore, just lighting a little fire under the in, under the starters, mm. so that backside, you know, gives him a boost. You know, we could have seen a better Blake or we could have had Teddy in. And if yeah. you've got the, in that offence, which isn't that expensive, we wouldn't have asked a lot of him. Um, I think, you know, Jacksonville could have been better off.
0: Yeah, maybe. Obviously the funnets, Finet being injured doesn't really help because that's their hammer, that's their identity. I think it what it probably boils down to is that they, they thought they had a better chance to win with Bortles knowing the system and been there for years, rather than bringing someone like Bridgewater in and getting him to adjust. I know you said that the offense would be simple, but still, it's a new, it's change, isn't it? I know I know it's worked for Kansas City, but they've kind of done it a little bit differently. But bringing bringing Bridgewater in probably would have maybe unsettled the ship a little bit, and yeah, it, yeah, it might have made. Bortles play better, but Balls is who Bortles is. He's not going to change, I don't think. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see if they, well, they do you know, come towards the end of the season, obviously, if they don't get to the the, the, the post, like deep in the postseason, season whether they go, they trade for a quarterback or they or they pick one up in the draft, because they're not going to have a high draft pick either. Oh,
1: probably not, but then again, looking at this, um, this quarterback class that's going to come out of uh, college over the next year or two, there's not a lot of... Great prospects in there, unless someone really comes on. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, having a high draft, not having a high draft pick. Sorry, would probably still get you one of the top quarterbacks in the draft in the first or you know, low uh, early second round.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of teams now that need a quarterback to, to be. To be fair, there's, there's, you know, a couple maybe. Uh, there's probably more going into this last year's draft than there is will be next year. Um, yeah, but it's one. It's one to keep an eye on. Obviously, it'd be a story that kind of develops depending on how well. Or how poorly Jacksonville do? Obviously, Finet's a big, big identity of that. But yeah, um, yeah, well, yeah, was a bit of an underwhelming game. Uh, but let's move on to the NFC North clash: Packers at Detroit. Detroit coming away. Scoreline suggests it's a bit, it was a bit closer than it actually was. Detroit pretty much had this one handled, uh, you know, all day long. Uh, shout out to Mason Crosby, uh, who you know, just, just it was just so so far off the mark. Uh, just as about as far off the mark as I was with my Denver comment against Kansas City. That, but yeah, um, Rogers. The Rod- Rogers look on the, on the bench when he missed, you know, one of those. He looked like a chewed wasp. And uh, I know they they've come out and said that they're going to stick with him. But I remember actually a cu- couple of years ago, I think it was twenty twelve. Mason Crosby had a really really bad season. Couldn't couldn't kick anything. Um but obviously they, they stuck with him. in you know the years that ensued, he's been he's been a clutch play- uh, playoff kicker. Uh, obviously, know, yeah, it's not as even. He had the. He didn't have the elements to to blame this week because obviously they're inside um, the the dome of Detroit uh, Ford Field. Mm. But yeah, strange, strange one. They obviously cost him. I thought, was it ten points, thirteen points, something stupid like that? But um, yeah.
1: yeah, I think obviously I think they would have made. Uh, they would have won the game if he made all those five kicks that he missed. Um, yeah, no, it's quite strange. Obviously, we've had a bit of the yips going around all the kickers in the league, and mm. it's not just the it's not just the rookies like Daniel Carson who obviously subsequently lost their jobs. Uh it's he's some of the, the veterans in the league as well, like Caleb Sturgis, mm-hmm. Mason Crosby. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's it's sort of a league wide epidemic at the minute. If you've got a good kicker who can make it uh, you know, kick you through the post from at least, you know, fifty yards, then you you're onto a good one really. Um, yeah. but it was good to see just on the more positive note for the Packers, it's good to see Aaron Jones back. He got a few carries, but didn't use him enough, I don't think he got yeah. touched in the second half. But it's quite encouraging to see him averaging about five and a half, uh, five and a half yards at a carry.
0: Mm. Yeah, Kenny Galladay putting another star-studded performance there. Um, you know, making them corners look absolutely stupid. Devonte Adams had a really good game, hundred forty yards uh, through the air and one touchdown to boot. Uh, Aaron Rodgers ended up with four hundred forty-two yards and three touchdowns. Matt Stafford uh, one eighty-three and two touchdowns. Kieran Johnson seventy yards on the ground as well. But yeah, again, another one that didn't really. You know, Lions got out ahead early um, and then kind of controlled it a little bit. But yeah, important important win for that that uh, that division. Mm.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, just touching on the Carry On Johnson comment you just made, must be a really annoying for his fantasy owners to see the mm-hmm. Ligarra Blunt come in and steal two goal lines. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, yeah, it kind
1: of, kind of really devalues, uh, takes away from his value um, mm-hmm. at the moment with all that. Uh, it seems to be quite a theme this afternoon as well.
0: Yeah, obviously one of those vultured uh, TDs Obviously, was the, one of the Kenny Godinley catches where he got tackled at the one-yard one line as well. So Kenny Godinley's uh, owners are probably a bit seething a little bit as well that he didn't have an absolutely monster game with uh, you know, a couple of touchdowns. But he, he could have had a couple as well. But um...
1: Yeah, and he's, he's becoming a real, real good weapon in this league now. Um, mm-hmm. I was talking to someone on Twitter who reckoned he was a uh, top 10 wide receiver in the league at the moment. And I, I, don't, I think that's a bit rich. I don't think he's up there yet, yeah. um, but he's definitely making his way towards it. You know, maybe in this time in twelve months we might be saying yeah. that is that's the case. A little bit like we may have done with Michael Thomas last year. Mm. Now to me is absolutely a top ten, top five receiver.
0: Yeah, it'd be interesting. I was thinking today when I was at work during lunch where, where Kenny Golliday will go in twenty nineteen fantasy drafts. I probably I I'd him around third or fourth round.
1: Yeah, I mean it depends on what happens. Obviously, if they still got Marvin Jones and then if they still got um, Golden Tate there, scooping up all the you know the sort of the volume, uh, it, it's difficult. Yeah, um, but you, then don't, then you don't have many sort of wide receiver calls that have um, you know three good options.
0: No, I mean they don't really use tight end, but the, the the thing I was thinking is Marvin Jones is getting on. I think he's the wrong side of thirty, and Golden Tate's up there to the wrong side of thirty as well. So, um, you know, certainly. Well dynasty dynasty ups next year'll go really early second maybe second third you yeah, know second round but um yeah i mean if if you can maybe in your redraft leagues if he's not that if the person that holding Golden day is not starting more you know he's not more of a casual fan, maybe maybe try and go and get him because he's uh he's going put some points up for the rest of the season yeah I would, that's good
1: advice I'll definitely do that.
0: Okay, uh, talking of kickers, uh, my God, um, I can't remember the Browns kicker's name, is it, um, uh, not McCrane, that's Oakland. Who, who's the Browns kicker? Uh, I want to say,
1: it begins with H. Because I can't of... remember. Let me look it up, <laughs> let me look
0: it up. You keep talking. Um, yeah, so yeah, obviously Baltimore Ravens and the Cleveland Browns in a high-scoring game, 9-12. to um, was this all? Was this all field goals? No, it wasn't. Uh, Beckham midfield, uh, Yeah, you know Joe Flacco and, and the Ravens, and this this was a proper um, <laughs> throwback AFC North uh, defensive game. Browns coming up with the win uh, just about it had all, all the the hallmarks of, a, of another Browns loss but managed to just about punch it through the kick at the end there my god he he tried to miss it um i think jefferson yeah. said they actually got a fingertip or sort of something to it but um yeah the browns just about managing to come away with this one when yeah they should have won it in 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 regular time again but um yeah not not one not one for the uh, for the high scoring fantasy uh, players but you yeah, a good game nonetheless no no one for the
1: not one for pure rest. Uh, Greg Joseph is, is the... Greg Joseph, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no, um, it's kind of, a, you know, it's good with Cleveland, no, nonetheless. You know, it doesn't matter how you get them. Just mm. that's the sense Titans at the moment. Mm. But, um, you know, you've seen, you've seen top play from from Baker at times. And then Denzel Ward is coming up with some great plays as well. He obviously got the block on the, the field goal that could have tied it up at half-time, which obviously made quite a big difference. Mm. Uh, gets a pick as well. Uh, so you've seen you've seen top level production from their, their two early first round picks, which is, is obviously really encouraging for them moving forward. Uh, flip it over to the other side. John Brown is, is wide receiver one now for the Ravens, isn't he? He's, yeah. You've been banging the jump for him, and, and rightly so. He's uh, he's uh, he's just emerged as the number one target out of that, that bunch. Yeah. Um And yeah, if you if you get get him in your fantasy team, you get get trading for him as well. I would say.
0: Yeah, you can really um, get him quite cheap.
1: Yeah, probably, um, because it is the Ravens. They're not they're not pulling up any trees. He's not a big name, um, but yeah, he's definitely having some good production.
0: Yeah, um, Cra- Crabtree had a bit of the uh, drops as well, didn't he?
1: He did. Yeah, he did.
0: Yeah,
1: um, the the thing that might take away from that a little bit is we've got uh, we've got Hayden Hurst sighting, yeah, um, which might be just in time. Obviously, the waiver wire, you know, we've got a bit of a dearth of uh, healthy talent tight end. Uh, so maybe try and beat the rush, maybe try if you've got a, a spot on your roster just does stash him away, obviously mm. um, feeling brave, came in there.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. a couple of things for me coming out of this game, so I think I saw somewhere that the Browns the Browns' last win on a Sunday, which was how many, however many games ago, was it 36 games ago or something? Um, was three years ago, I think, was was against the Ravens in overtime, so it was a bit of a weird uh, coincidence, sliding and striking twice there. Yeah, very strange. Yeah, and then uh, okay. Nick Nick Chubb obviously his heroics last week on three carries, um, bit of a bit of a difference uh, this week. Three carries for two yards, whereas last week obviously had three carries for two touchdowns and <laughs> over a hundred yards. So uh, nice, nice averaging out there for for Nick Chubb. Um, <laughs> yeah, over the two week stretch,
1: it's
0: acceptable. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, just one note. One note for any for you fantasy players out there: Cleveland Browns next five games. Uh, Charges, Tampa Bay, Pittsburgh, Kansas City, Atlanta, uh, which equates to points, to be quite honest. So if there's anyone out there that you know, wants to go and get Jarvis Landry, wants to go and get David and Joku, he's starting to see some targets as well from Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield as well, if he's on waiver wires, go and pick him up for a streamer. Uh we'll talk about waivers obviously at the end. But yeah, the Browns schedule opens up quite nicely now in terms of for fantasy owners. Yeah, definitely. Um
1: Richard Higgins as well. I think he's hurt at the moment, but yeah. he one could be. Coming in because um, he's had an uptick in targets in favour of Antonio Callaway, who yeah. was had a few drops in recent weeks.
0: Yeah, yeah, like that. Okay, let's move on to one of the highest scoring games of the week. New York Giants going down to a 63-yard Graham Gano as time expired field goal. Panthers taking this one, 33 to 31. Um, a, a points in this game, Lee. Both teams didn't really just have a chance of, of winning. Shouldn't have won the game really, but obviously Panthers coming away with it. But uh, at least, I suppose, coming out of the game, Giants have sorted out their quarterback issues for the next couple of years with OBJ. Yeah, exactly. He's not—he's
1: not scoring any touchdowns at the moment, so getting back there going on, I
0: would say. <laughs> yeah, and obviously, uh, 131 yards through the air as well, and a touchdown to boot. So a good day, finally, for Beckham owners in fantasy. But Yeah, mm-hmm. the Panthers kept the Giants in this one with all the mistakes. from Cam Newton didn't have didn't have the greatest of games, but um, yeah, lucky, lucky in the end to win with the uh, with the 63 yarder.
1: Yeah, definitely, and and you know like we were just talking about sort of the uh, sort of kicker epidemic that's going around in the league. Uh, yeah, if you can get one that kick one from sixty three yards, then you're on to a win for sure. Mm. But yeah, um, obviously you, you would have thought beforehand just before that Saquon would have won it with his touchdown yeah. uh, that he scored. You know, and then the Panthers have come out there and they've uh, they've booted that one. So yeah, hats off to them, mm. hanging in there, A big win in that that division as well to keep uh, keep up with the uh, the Saints.
0: Yeah, and it's quite nonchalant. That final drive actually was quite nonchalant from Carolina. I think they drew a draw play or a run play with, with no timeouts left, and you know didn't even try and get too much yardage uh, to help with you know sixty-three. It's almost as if they get they guaranteed that they were going to get the sixty-three yarders. So that was quite strange. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Eli Manning looks like the same Eli Manning all season. He's just uh, trash. But they have released Eric Flowers now, so they can find. They have to, they're going to have to find someone else to blame.
1: Yeah, he's been the scapegoat for a little while, but yeah, top 10 pick at tackle. Mm. Obviously, we're expected him to be a franchise uh, to franchise guy for mm. many years to come, You know, at least a decade or so. We've thrown passive linemen, we say, don't we? Mm. Uh, but yeah, well, he lasted three years. Yeah. Not, it's not really that good enough, is it? Yeah. Not good enough So.
0: Okay, moving on. Dolphins blew a 17-point lead in this one from halfway through the third quarter to the Bengals. Bengals pick up 27 points there towards the end of the game. Jay Mixon, what a stud he is! Surprised by his workload a little, a little bit myself. Um, and then Kenyon Drake coming out from the doldrums to kill me in my home league fantasy league, which was not not very welcome whatsoever. Um, but the Miami Dolphins fall into three and two, and I think you're going to start going to start to see the, the wheels fall off the Dolphins here.
1: Yeah, definitely starting to sort of see uh, see what they are uh, for you know after this thing we talked about about their easy schedule at the beginning of the season uh, they're starting to sort of regress back to their mean now now they're actually playing some football teams that can play football mm. um, but yeah you saw Ryan Tannehill is is just you know he's, he's just not good enough you know if you're talking about teams that need a quarterback Miami are definitely one of those Um yeah it's just one of those things where you're just seeing that regress now back to the mean for everyone. Yeah. you would have thought obviously Miami at the beginning were obviously 17 to slip up and you kind of were thinking with well, Cincinnati regressing to their mean as well obviously yeah,
2: yeah.
1: as well as they're playing as well as their record is they are sort of playing better than, expected, better than I expected anyway yeah. obviously as we know I've taught them down but they've got a few you know defensive plays big plays splash plays and uh, Sam Hubbard came up big at the end and uh, yeah uh, ran one in for the touchdown
0: yeah, and obviously that leads into a juicy matchup next week, uh, Bengals uh, with with Pittsburgh. So that will be one one certainly that I'm going to try and get quite a lot of eyes on. Um, um, yeah, like on, well they
1: they've um, flexed Week Seven Kansas City, but I can't remember who's at home or who's on the road. But Kansas-Cincinnati has been flexed into Sunday Night Football as well.
0: So, a couple of big
1: games coming up for the Bengals now.
0: Yeah, yeah. Crunch time, certainly. it would be interesting to see how uh, Andy Dalton fares there. But I think, obviously, going into the season, it was all about their offensive line, wasn't it? you know, if they could stay healthy, protect Andy Dalton, and get the run game going, Joe Mixon and AJ Green are going to do their thing because you know the chemistry between those two and Andy Dalton is is there. So you know, I'm not surprised. I, I I was quite high on them going into season. Obviously, I didn't think that they'll be leading leading the AFC North at this point in the season, at four and one, and playing how they are. But you know, it's, it's about time that someone challenged the Steelers, I suppose, over the from the last couple of years. So it's nice to see nice to see someone a bit different. Definitely. OK, move on, on to the AFC West. Oakland Raiders uh, didn't turn up uh, to the Chargers uh, and play in front of their home fans. But, uh, yeah, Chargers coming away. This one was quite comfortable. And Melvin Ingram even getting a carry. Yeah,
1: he was swearing that he scored as well post-game. Uh, but I don't think he did. Um but yeah, no, he he played really well. He got a, got a pick, got a couple of sacks. Um, but early on, neither team were playing much no, no. Um It was a was pretty, pretty bad game early on. But then there was... There was the play I, I, you've probably seen it where Austin Eckler scored, but it, it was a completely busted play. Yeah. Uh, Rivers fumbled the snap uh, up into the air, caught it, and flicked it out to the outside where Eckler took it forty-four yards to the house.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, he's really, he's really, really good player. Uh, I just love watching him to be honest with you. Um, you know, it's another diamond in the rough found by the Chargers front office. Uh, you know, undrafted free agent that we've had um, has come through and just done the business for us. But yeah, he, he's contributing. And that really, that was a play that really turned the game. Um, Oakland didn't really find a way back after that. They got went, once they got the ball back from the kickoff, they fumbled a few plays later, and then the charge went down the other end. And that's when the Melvin Gordon um, touchdown happened, which the play before, as you mentioned, Melvin yeah. Ingram had to go, yeah. which is kind of stupid. Uh, there's a lot of Chargers fans not really liking that move since we're missing obviously the other half of our pass rush duo, enjoy voter not mm. playing until uh, after the bye week, yeah. and, and you put in your other. Top defensive end, um, you know, one yard out, trying to score. Yeah. As much as as much fun as it is, you got to have your head on the game and uh, not not put your players in danger, really.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah a little, interesting
1: one. Another turning point, uh, not talk, talking point. Sorry, not turning point is that. Um. Obviously, the Chargers cut the punter Drew Kayser, who was the holder for the kicks, um, and then we drafted in Donnie Jones, who used to play with Caleb at the Eagles, to be his holder and to be the new punter. And he still missed two kicks, so <laughs> I guess who the problem it
0: might be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Strange on that one. Uh, the other, the other thing for me, obviously, Derek Carr threw an awful interception uh, from the one-yard line as well, which was uh, yeah, kind of the. Yeah, the was, the was the killer for me for that one. Um, yeah, Austin Eckler, yeah, and and obviously Melvin Gordon, that, that tandem there, one of the best tandems in the league and they're on pace to obviously to best Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram's uh, scrimmage yards from last year so it'd be interesting to see if they can keep the pace up but certainly they've got the, the high-powered offence to do so but yeah, Eckler's been dynam, dy, dy, dynamic out of that backfield. Mm,
1: definitely. Yeah, yeah, he-
0: We'll see if
1: they start getting top of the preps that um, Ingram and uh, Kamara got last year, because I don't think I've they're fine on the radar a little bit so yeah,
0: far. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree there. Um, but yeah, no, would say when, when it gets to the crunch games, maybe end of November, December, I'd be interested to see you know, how they handle the pressure and if they can keep going as well. And more so Anthony Lynn as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely.
0: Okay, moving on to NFC West uh, battle this one. Arizona Cardinals picking up their first win of the season, as predicted by yours truly. Moved to one and four, uh, as are the San Francisco 49ers. But uh, Josh Rosen, lovely throw. Uh, to Christian Kirk for the 75 yard touchdown but David Johnson managing to get into the end zone but still struggling in terms of production really, not really getting much in the way of targets not really doing much in the way of production uh, in terms of rushing but still having enough to beat the 49ers who you know come back down to earth a little bit Matt Brader coming out of the game, not quite sure if he's going to be playing week 6
1: Yeah, definitely a big blow and we were talking about it last time where we were on together, the, the 49ers just had their of game plan for the early season, just totally blunt to pieces really. the Broadly that they picked up some big players. He'd mm-hmm. be another one to go down, and then you sort of be looking at the the tank uh, if you know he's out for the season now.
0: Yeah, I mean we don't really need to spend too much on, on, on this game. Uh, say t- these two teams are going to be going to be jostling for maybe even a top five pick. I suppose at, uh, in the in next oh, year's draft, I
1: would, I would definitely say that's going to be the case. To be honest with you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't see any other way. Uh, it's got all really shaking out now, and you can probably see the teams that are going to be down there. Mm-hmm. A lot of teams with a 1-4 record, you can sort of see the teams who are going to be right, right down there. Yeah. Uh, you know, juking out for the top five picks, if you call count out.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then you can see the teams that might sort of get away with and get towards, you know, five or six wins.
0: Yeah, and obviously, just um, obviously talking about top five picks. David Johnson was fancy top five picks this season. They uh, travels to Minnesota next week, so that's a bit of a, uh, a dud game. But then he has Denver and San Francisco, so uh, again, so could have another a couple of good games after after Minnesota. But I'm a bit worried playing him in in fantasy next week, but. Um yeah, moving, move. We'll move swiftly on to uh, big, big clash at uh, Lincoln Financial Field. Philadelphia Eagles losing two in a row, uh, losing twenty-three to twenty-one to the Minnesota Vikings. The Eagles uh, were awful in this first half and and couldn't quite manage to to bring it back round in the second. But Carson Wentz to Zach Ertz, that connection's just as good as ever. But the Eagles, they're not a good. You know what? They're not a good team at the moment. They're, they're certainly rusty. Or I don't know what kind of hangover they've got, but they've 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 been awful this season. They they could easily be zero and five. Yeah,
1: they're they're really finding it hard to be the hunted rather than the hunter. I think uh, I think they're on their perch. Not didn't mean that as a bird joke or an eagle Whee. joke. But, uh, Come. yeah, they're, they're Come. sort of on that perch and they're finding it really difficult to, to, you know, be shot at, really. Mm. Uh, rather than, you know, like I say, be the hunter. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like I say, they were really bad. And one player who's really taken a, a bit of a, a step back is Lane Johnson. who gave up another strip sack, just like last week. which must be really alarming, because he's obviously usually one of the top, if not the best right tackle in the whole league. Mm. And he just looks a shadowy before himself, um, you know. Maybe the, the, the Super Bowl ring and maybe you just take it foot
0: off the gas once you reach the top. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Kirk Cousins himself had a, re- had a really good game, though. Had a, made a lot of throws under pressure with people in his face. Uh, Adam Thielen, the first receiver in NFL history to go five straight games with 100 plus yards receiving. So obviously congratulations to him. He also killed me in my home uh, fantasy league as well. So that was also great. Um <laughs> Uh, but yeah, obviously Philadelphia travel to to MetLife Stadium Thursday night football, which we'll talk about a bit later. But yeah, really struggling here to see to see Philadelphia. I mean, they'll, considering how weak the NFC East, uh, the NFC East is, they'll probably just about scrape through to the playoffs and maybe have a low, you know, maybe a five or six seed or something, and then probably get strong. Uh, and make a deep playoff run knowing them. Um, but you, you can't keep a good team down. You can't, obviously, Doug Pedersen. It um, was quite interesting, actually. He went for the two points there to make it a six-point game. And I know a lot of people giving a bit of heat about it. But um, I was listening to the Pick Six podcast, I think it was, but uh, it's actually quite clever because if, you know, if they don't make that and it's still an eight-point game, they still have another you know, two-point conversion to go to if they get another... Uh, get another possession and a, and a touchdown, but you know, making it a six-point game with twelve minutes left on the clock, you know, you, you can still take two field goals. So it's not, you know, it's quite, it was quite interesting to to see. because yeah. obviously it was quite surprising at that, uh, that point in the game. Yeah, no, absolutely.
1: But wouldn't, wouldn't you rather see coaches going for it rather than you know the Jason Garrett, the Mike Malarkey, the Anthony Lynn? To be honest with you, mm. that sort of conservative decisions that just don't get you anywhere. You know, if you you want to see Team going for it, and if it if it blows up once in a while, then you can say at least you tried. Mm. Rather than hunting and watching the other team stroll up the other end and score a touchdown, and you just think how different could it have been if we just went for it? You know, for those
0: one, two, three, three yards. <laughs> Jason Garrett. Anyway, moving on, yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll move on to another high-scoring game. I, I really enjoyed this game. Rams at Seahawks. Seahawks playing so well, playing elevating themselves to give the Los Angeles Rams a good old run for their money. Uh, but essentially Los Angeles coming away with a win here. Uh I mean there's fantasy points everywhere here. Todd Gurley, another hat trick for him. Um receivers, a couple of receivers for the Rams, Cup and Cooks went out with the concussions, but they should be uh, should be okay for week six. But Doug Baldwin, one reception for one yard was uh, was the highlight for me. Uh <laughs> but yeah, Chris Carson ran really well as well. But yeah, I was really, really impressed by how well Seattle played both on both sides of the ball.
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, it's a... It's a big matchup in the you know, a, a divisional matchup. Yeah. Um yeah, no, it's it's really a good game. I've I've seen the highlight of this and it's really good. The first thing that stands out to me is you, know, you see it on the first highlight of the game is the Rams special team is fantastic. You know, another another block punt which helps, helps the team in early uh, sorry, deep field position. Um but obviously this time it didn't go well for because Jared got for a pick, Seattle saved it. And it's that sort of like two in and in that made this a really good game. It was seventeen mm-hmm. each at half time. Which was obviously something that we were quite we were surprised by, because you know you're thinking that the Rams are almost invincible at the moment, and Seattle sort of a bit of hit and miss. And then even though you know we were, we were saying we were surprised at that, it was 24 all uh, deep in the third quarter. Mm, um, yeah. So yeah, it was a really close game. Uh, came out on top uh, with the better team, just showing their class late on. Yeah, uh, but one thing I took from this, just watching it, is uh, Marcus Peters. Um, he might get start. He might start to getting picked on by teams. He's always trying to play for that uh that's sort all of big play that sort of interception and uh, yeah it's quite easy to manipulate because of that he's always sort of banking on cutting up the route and, and making it in there before the wide right receiver and, and good quarterbacks will pick him apart
0: yeah it's quite interesting actually i saw uh pro fantasy football um pff uh, staff I, I don't can't remember the numbers exactly but i think he's currently rated the, as the 111th corner or defensive back out of 116 qualifying corners um, which obviously I, I know he was injured a couple of weeks ago and he's maybe still coming back from there, but yeah, it's quite interesting to see obviously you know this star-studded defense, shoot, you know, all, all to be feared. Uh, but yeah, Marcus Peters, yeah, it seems to be a bit of a weak link at the moment and uh, giving up a lot of a lot of stuff. But yeah, and another, another thing for me, the uh, the Cajons of of Sean McVay going for it on uh, the fourth and one there to, to kill the game uh, with a minute minute or so left with uh, the Jared Goff sneak. I know I know the quarterback sneak on fourth and one is is pretty much undefeated uh, generally unless Dallas run it. Um <laughs> but if they if they don't get that, the uh the, you know the Seahawks take the ball with a minute twenty on you know with essentially what would be a fifty nine yard field goal, so they'd only need to get you know ten, fifteen yards to then get the win. Um yeah. so yeah, no, big big homes there from Sean McVay. Yeah,
1: exactly. And it just goes back to what we've literally just been talking about. You know, that's what that's the sort of play that wins your game. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you if you punt you still giving, you know, Russell Wilson, maybe he's got got a ninety 90 yards, let's say, it's a really good punt to get inside the 10 He's got 90 yards, mm. uh, What you know, he's got to go up there. And it's Russell Wilson, he, he's used to that scenario.
2: Yeah.
1: And, you know, like you say, he's going to into field goal range anyway, so it's not 90 yards. So right. it's just that sort of thing where you'd just much rather go for it, mm. back your offence, your offence is playing great, but hasn't all year, back him to get one yard, and it comes up the trump.
0: Mm. Absolutely. And talking of uh, getting one yard, Dallas Cowboys, 16. Houston Texans, 19. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, Jason Garrett, uh, you know, over time. Should have won the game, really, the Cowboys. Played really well. Uh, The defence. The Houston Texans had the ball inside the the Dallas five-yard line five times and only come away with one touchdown. Um, So Bill O'Brien making the uh, Dallas defence there, making it look, look like the 85 Bears. Um, but yeah, but Dallas, that that defense is a legitimate legitimate front seven there, and uh, corners aren't too bad either. But um, yeah, Houston Texans sneaking another one, two overtime wins uh, in a row. But yeah, surely Jason Garrett on the forty-two yard line of Houston, fourth and one. You've you've I'm I'm sorry, but you've just got to go for it. It's such a cowardly move. And I understand that obviously the, the the defense is playing well, but you know they've played four and a half quarters. Um, just go for it. You've got you've got a you know. Zach Prescott, who's built like a linebacker, you've got Ezekiel Elliott, one of the best runners in the league, and you've got a really expensive offensive line, and you're telling me you're not going to go go for it on fourth and one? I don't care if it's a long yard or a short yard. I don't even care if it's two yards. Just go for it, because if you don't get it, it you know, it, it essentially it didn't matter in the end because they still got, you know, they still got the field goal and they they lost. So what? I, oh, I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, obviously, Jerry Jones coming out and saying that we should have should have. Should have taken a risk there, and obviously the week before, going saying that they, you know, there's comparisons there between the, ourselves and the LA Rams. I mean, are you freaking kidding me? I don't, I don't know what comparisons you're making <laughs> there, because um, you know, you're not going to go for it on fourth and one on their 42, but Sean McVay is going for it on fourth and one from you know their whatever it is, the 42 yard line of, of the Rams themselves. Um, just, you know, stop me. I, I'm going to stop talking. You can, you can talk. <laughs> <laughs> there's
1: just a, just a couple of things I want to mention. One on Dallas. One on Houston. Yeah, you know, like I was just saying, is anyone shocked about Jason Gard not going for it? I know, you know, everyone's saying that he should have gone for it, but he, he's just—I think he's—he's he's like afraid to be good. He's, he's like afraid he's to be great. He'd rather play it safe. Absolutely No one can have a go at him and say, "Well, you messed up there because we didn't get it on four and one and we lost the game." He's afraid. He's afraid of that. He's afraid yeah. to be good. He's yeah. afraid to be great. Yeah. Um, but no one—no one should be shocked. It must be—you know—super frustrating for for Dallas fans, yeah, uh, obviously.
0: But the if thing, yeah. But the thing is, though, like if they go for it on fourth and one on the forty-two, what what are they going to say? Because if they don't, if they don't, if they don't get it, you you're, you're going for it. You're trying to win the game. You're not trying. You know, if you, if you had taken at that point before the fourth and one, you said to Jason Garrett, do you want the tie." He would have taken it. He would have bitten your hand off. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. if you if you go for it on fourth and one in that situation, that you you can't lose. You can't lose because you've gone for it. And if you don't get it, you know it's something you can work on. Just draw up a trick a trick play or something or do something just do something different or just run it up the gut with Zeke Elliott. You know, it's not, it's it's something that's worked all, all season long uh, and always, and always has done in in the past. But, you know, by not going for it, you're never going to, you know, you can only lose in that situation because you're going to, just going to get the flack no matter if uh, they'd have got the tie or the loss. But if if you go for it on on that down and you you don't get it, you can say, okay, well, at least we tried to win the game.
1: Exactly. And that's, that's what I'm sure most people would want to see. It's really frustrating. There's just an amount of coaches around the league that are, that are just playing not to lose yeah. rather than rather than to win a lot of the time.
2: Yeah,
1: which like you say, it, it's frustrating for you. It's a little bit frustrating for me because I'm I'm starting to think that Anthony Lin's sort of making his way into that category as well with some of his decisions and um, not not as so much play calling. He doesn't he doesn't have a lot to do with that, but just the sort of game management side of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I just wanted to mention, like I say, I've got another part on Houston. Just uh, that Newcock pins just had himself a game. Yeah. Um, you know, he got the he got the pass deflection on the, the last player regular time on the Hail Mary. And then obviously he gets a big catch and running in overtime where he's he's, he's bashing the, the the B button or the circle button, whichever <laughs> constant yeah. the play breaking out that spin move. It's just a big big moment by a big player uh, that won them the game really. Mm. Um and just to bring it back to Dallas, um, you know, is he clearly a aside, do Dallas have those players that can no. that can bring up those big moments? No. I think that's the the difference at the moment. Obviously, you know, you've had Dez last year and you can say what you want, but, you know, he can come up there, he can go up and win a jump ball. I'm not a big Dez fan, but at the moment, you don't have a player like that. No.
0: Now, I think uh, Jerry Jones also came out and said that we could do with someone like Nuke Hopkins. Well, I'm sorry. The thing is, as well, another, another thing that really grinds my gears is obviously not going from that four for one just shows that Jason Garrett hasn't got any faith in the offense. But the thing is, it should be it's the other way around. No one, no one's got any faith in Jason Garrett. Why is he still there? What I don't, I just, oh, I don't know. I don't. Know. Well, yeah, we know we know your views on it by now. So, but it's just so ironic that he hasn't got any faith in the offense. And it's just like, well, sorry, but you've been. How long have you been there? You've built. You've built this offense. This is your team.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I think you'll be. You'll be selecting a, a, a few playmakers in next year's draft throughout.
0: Yeah, no, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't. But well, but this is the thing. If we have playmakers, we don't have the coaching staff to to utilize them. We don't. We're not creative. We don't do anything. Oh, now nah. let's, <laughs> let's move on. Let's move let's, on. Let's we move on. Um, let's move on. I, just 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 before we do, of D- Dallas at home to Jacksonville next week. I think the over under line on that one's going to be over and under ten points. I think total for that point. <laughs> There's going to be no offense whatsoever in that game. <laughs> um, but there we go, I think there'll probably be more sacks than there will points But um, we we'll move on to uh, the historic Monday Night Football Obviously Drew Brees there with that record But the New Orleans Saints, welcome back to Mark Ingram uh, He had two touchdowns on the ground Drew Brees obviously throwing 363 yards Which took him over the uh, threshold there to the pinnacle of the passing yards record But uh, the Saints absolutely having their way with the uh, Washington Redskins
1: Yeah, this was a mauling, wasn't it? Uh, from start to finish really and like you say, just at the top there, Mark Ingram took no no time at all to reintroduce himself to league. Uh, the league. A big player for screen for his first touchdown. Oh, we set off his first touchdown, beg pardon. And then obviously scored again in the second quarter. Um, so, yeah, he's he's sort of back, isn't he? And, um, you know, we've got that Saints running game now that's, uh, that's going to be really potent again. Um, I just wanted to mention, actually, you know, we've, we've obviously talked about Mark Ingram. We've talked about Alvin Carrara, sort of that two-headed beast. But then have they actually got a three-headed running game now with Taysom Hill, who yeah. ran him for another touchdown, yeah. and they're sort of using him um, sort of in, in quirky situations and, and on trick plays and things like that. Do you know what? We mentioned him um, a week or two ago, I can't remember, but I actually I a look at him, um, I'd buzzed in and just find a little bit more about him. Uh, because obviously he came out as a quarterback, but he's not really been a quarterback. So I actually looks on his Wikipedia page and his actual position is just athlete. <laughs> <laughs> so it just says, just says it all about him, really. Does that, it? Does um, that, does
0: that call a him for the flex position in fantasy football? I, I
1: have no <laughs> idea. I'm, I actually never looked because I'm, I'm just not going to pick him up. It's not really worth it. But no. I, I'd be interested to see which position he's actually listed under.
0: Uh, big quarterback, I'd have thought.
1: I, I would have thought so as well. But mm. he, he doesn't. He doesn't ever throw a pass. Really, he's, he's only in, in there as an option quarterback, mm. or you know, he runs like a jet sweep every now and then, lines mm. up to the wide receiver, and yeah, he's he's an interesting player. He's an interesting sort of wrinkle into their uh, offense and. Just thinking back, obviously, to their defense and how good it was last year, if they can step it up, they're going to be Super Bowl contenders because it's only really the Rams in the NFC that they're, they're really looked up to the hype. Obviously, Minnesota don't have a, a balanced offense, obviously, without Dalvin Cook at the moment. They're, they're winning games, but they're not looking in balance. Or Aaron Rodgers' injury means Green Bay are limited. We've already talked about Philadelphia and how they're not the not the same team as last year. And then you've got the Falcons, are uh, one and four. Like we say, we both think they're done. So after all the hype of the NFC, in the early part of the season and in the off season, there is only really one team or two teams that are really in it.
0: Mm. Yeah, no, yeah, I certainly agree there. Um, yeah, I don't, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see a Saints Saints Rams uh, game in the in the playoffs. That'd be immense. Um, but yeah, I, I think the Rams are by far by far the best team in, in the league at the moment.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, I totally totally uh, agree with you. Mm. But um, yeah, if, if like I say if the Saints get their defense to step up even just a little bit, even just to yeah, you because know, they're way below average now, I would say, without yeah. having the stats in front of me. Yeah. Um, I would I would say that they're well below average and well below the level that they're capable of. Yeah. If they step it up, they they go up a few levels and uh, up a few notches and they, I'd say, could be challenges. And like you say, I totally agree that Rams-Saints uh, game at full pelt and full strength could be a, a classic.
0: Yeah, obviously the one I'd like to take out of this one for fantasy purposes. Obviously, Mark Ingram coming back. Uh, Alvin Kamara saw a down tick, obviously, in carries and still got his uh, his stuff through the air. But obviously, he really had a really quiet, really quite fancy game. So it'd be interesting to see. Obviously, they're on a bye next week, so obviously week six, we won't we won't see them till then. Um, and yeah, Michael Thomas also had a quiet game. Traquan Smith had the two touchdowns and over 100 yards there. So it's quite nice to see someone else. Someone else get the uh, get the yardage and touchdowns there, but yeah, obviously yeah, they they can beat you in loads of ways. The uh, the Saints, um, and so that's why they're that's the why they're a high, the high powered offense they've been for for decades. Well, not decades, but years. But yeah, um, not really much else to say. I suppose that that pretty much wraps up week five. So who was your who was your player kind of player of the week?
1: So my player of the week. Oh, is going a bit left field um, with this one. But anyone who can win a game from sixty three yards is is a winner for me. So I'm going to give my sort of start of the week to Graeme Gno. Obviously, like we've mentioned, um, it's like a little bit like being a goalkeeper in soccer or hockey. If you make an error as a kicker, you get all the blame. Uh, and missed kicks have cost people their jobs. Um, you know, we've just seen people fired throughout the season, really. But he stepped up and nailed a monster to win that one. So, uh, you know, kickers matter a great deal if you want to be a good team. And, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, she wins. Mm. yeah, my my player of the week, I think Adam Thielen. Uh, to obviously get that record of five straight games. you know, it's, it's no mean feat to get a hundred yards uh, in each of the five, five five starting games for the season. Obviously, they've got Arizona next week as well, so he could make it six. Oh my, yeah,
1: definitely.
0: Um, I just, just on just
1: on those those two, is there a better wide receiver duo now at the moment than than Diggs and Thielen?
0: Uh, is there a better wide receiver duo? No, probably. I don't think so. That that team, those two. I mean, Adam Thielen was a guy I wasn't too big on coming into the season. I thought he might have been a one oh, season kind of random. But uh, yeah, I said on the podcast uh, last week that he's a kind of player that I've changed my opinion on, um, and especially for especially for PPR as well. But yeah, to get to get hundred yards in the first five games is, is no mean feat, and three touchdowns to boot. So, um, especially fancy fancy owners that took him in the third round are, are going to rejoice.
1: Absolutely, uh, yeah. He's he's becoming one of my favourite receivers to watch really because he's not the biggest, he's not the strongest, he's not got that sort of big uh, college background. Who's you know, you, everyone probably heard the obviously went to a Division two school, mm-hmm. but he's obviously worked and refined his game so much. And he's become a great route runner. He's got great hands, and you just can see that he he just wants to be there. You can see that he's he's not sort of had this. Port the silver spoon, and uh, you know he's not been born into it or anything like that, and he's worked for everything. And it's great to see a guy like that who, you know, he's getting what he deserves, really.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um All right, let's move on to Stinker of the Week. And so I'll, I'll start us off. So without trying, without being repetitive, and saying Jason Garrett, I'll probably go Mason Crosby. Uh, obviously, cost. Cost the Green Bay Packers a lot of points there in a big divisional game. Um, I think he's going to keep his job anyway, so it like, doesn't really matter too much. But yeah, he put up obviously a real a real stinker of a real game there for the Packers. <laughs> Quite
1: funny that obviously we've we sort of added this new segment. We've not like discussed beforehand who we're going to pick. We've both gone for kickers. Oh, we doubled down. <laughs> one, uh, one end of the spectrum for the other. Um, we had angling for a, a spot on the Kickers Matter podcast, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, my uh, think of this week is Josh Norman. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we've just spoke about how sort of was washed the Washington Redskins were manhandled by the Saints, and um, he got benched for a little bit in the second half, but um, got burned for two touchdowns, um, on the field, and then got absolutely owned off the field by Michael Thomas. I don't know if you've seen that little Twitter exchange,
2: yeah, yeah, uh, it's quite funny, isn't yeah,
1: it? Sort of, uh, yeah got told where to go I think um, he's not been good for a while in my opinion no. and games like this I think just demonstrate oh. that he's just a system corner just to the end degree uh, and he's vastly overpaid mm.
0: yeah absolutely um, <clears throat> yeah just, just to go back to your, your Kickers Matter uh, podcast uh, li- little uh, thing that I was actually on the, po- the Kickers Podcast Ma- uh, Matter uh, yesterday so if anyone that wants to check that out go and do so <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I filled in, but um, probably won't be my, my only appearance. But yeah, that's that quite a fun, quite a fun thing to go and guest on another, on another podcast. That's um, yes. But um, back to back to ours uh, our podcast. So, yeah, they're the, yeah, we're going to try and do that every week, do a player of the week and a, and a sinker of the week um, just to highlight, you know, who we think's done well. I'll probably try and get a little bit of music or, you know, some snazzy thing to go with it and, you know, the <laughs> full 10 yards player of the week or something, but um, we'll, we'll see We'll see how that goes. Um, so, two bits of, of business to, to take care of. So, let's go with waivers first. So, have you got, how many players have you got? Have you got one at each position? So, I've
1: got, what, about two running backs, a tight end, two wide receivers.
0: All right. Well, I'll start off at quarterback then. So, like I said about Cleveland Browns uh, next five games being pretty fantasy friendly. If, if Baker Mayfield is on, uh, especially in redraft leagues, if he's on your waivers, go pick him up because he can have a lot of points. Had a lot of points against Baltimore actually. I think yeah, he had over three hundred yards and a couple of touchdowns, which is more than serviceable for fantasy football leagues. But yeah, really like any any Cleveland Brown that you can get a, a hold of for the next couple of weeks, uh, try and try and pick them up. And I know that's uh, not something that we've really said for the last couple of years. But yeah, you yeah, know times change.
1: Yeah, definitely. The channels are changing. You know, the, the brands, like we, I've been mentioning, I'm a big, well, a big, not a big believer, but I'm a definitely a believer in the brands at the moment. So yeah, pick them up. Mm. Uh, I'm a Jarvis Landry owner in a couple of leagues, so I'm, I'm going to hopefully reap those rewards, like yeah. I say, over the next few games.
0: Yeah, nice. Alright, running backs?
1: So I've got a couple I'll sort of go, break, I'll go quickly through these. Um, we mentioned, obviously, at the top of the show about the Jdi injury. Yep. Uh, so unless the Eagles trade for LaShawn McCoy, unless they pull that off, that means Corey Clement and Wendell Smallwood Yep. Uh, uh, sort of in line for an uptick So I've gone with Corey Clement as my first one uh, I think he's sort of more prominent than Smallwood Who I think is more of a sort of receiving back uh, But Corey Clement do, can, do it both, can do it both ways as well uh, So yeah, I would get him in if uh, if needed
0: Yeah, Smallwood's, Smallwood uh, uh, struggles with pass protection a little bit as well
1: He does, he definitely does, yeah um, Do you want me to move on to my second one? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I, just, yeah, yeah. Well, I only had the Philly running backs as well So, cracking. Ah, Fair
1: enough um, yes, yeah, so my second one. It's a bit of a bit of a left field choice, uh, but yeah, um, he actually isn't a running back; he's a fullback. But Kyle Juszczyk, yeah.
2: um
1: me, uh, Kyle Shanahan doesn't really use him as a fullback. He's in quite a creative way in the passing game. Yeah. Uh, so whilst he's not going to get you, you know, he's not going to get you twenty touches and sort of pound away. Um, you know, he's going to be in sort of creative ways, and he might get a few big plays. Uh, he got six catches on seven targets versus Arizona. Yeah. Which is obviously quite a lot for a fullback. Um so yeah, you can pick up a big chunk play you can maybe get a touchdown, so if you're struggling for it could be a decent pick up.
0: Yeah, I like it. I mean, I only had the Philly running backs uh, as my pickups, so I'll probably I'd probably suggest about twenty twenty five if you have a hundred fab budget. Uh, obviously, those people out there that do waiver order in order of reverse order of uh, of standards, you need to change it up a little bit and uh, have a fab. But yeah, anything between twenty and thirty to get one of those. Now, it probably it probably could be a running back by committee there now. Obviously, with a couple of guys there, Josh Adams is, is also there. Um, so don't don't go don't go overboard. But you know, considering how healthy the right the running back position is at this. Point and I, we're 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 suggesting Cole Juszczyk, do you know what do I mean? So, um, yeah, twenty twenty at thirty there should should be able to get you uh, one of those two, a uh, bit bit on both just in case. Because say you, you know they're going to be just uh, bi week plugins, especially when when Philadelphia on a, on a short week as well, and their offensive line's not playing great uh, and they're just struggling. But maybe one for a bit later on in the season. But yeah, keep your eyes on the Lashawn McCoy. There maybe be worth trying to uh, trying to trade for him. Um, so maybe the, maybe the owner of the Swimmer McCoy hasn't hasn't seen that kind of news, so you might be able to get him fairly cheap. Um, but let's move to the uh, wide receiver position. So I've got a couple of names. Obviously said about Baker Mayfield. Rashad Higgins, uh, check his injury report uh, during the week and his, his practice report. Um, the other one is uh, Kiki Kuti. Uh, obviously had another touchdown like the the other night against uh, Dallas, but they're certain, starting to get him into the, uh, the offence a bit more. And obviously you have the upside if Will Fuller misses uh, due to hamstring injuries.
1: Yeah, well, is we'll always liable to miss a, miss a couple of games. Uh, but, yeah, I've got two different ones, actually. It's quite nice when we don't repeat, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Even though we don't until like, discuss this beforehand. Um, we have mentioned, you. I think you briefly touched on my first one, it was Treyquan Smith. Mm. Um, he only got three catches in the game against the Redskins, but he's shown that he can be quite a big play uh, player. Uh, so if you get him, it's probably not going to be playing right away, but you can probably uh, sort of beat the rush. If he, get, if he gets a few more games when he gets over 100 yards, obviously he's going to be a lot more popular on waivers than he is right now. Mm if you've got a spare spot, if you've got someone who isn't performing, uh, who you're not going to play anyway, drop him, get Trayvon Smith in there. So let's see if Drew Brees can make him into the a, a, a big-time player that he might be.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's only beating out Cam Meredith as well, isn't he, for the wide receiver too. And Cameron Mer- Meredith, I think, fumbled it last night as well. So, um, yeah, he's not got much uh, much to beat there, in, in, my, in my opinion. Uh, moving on to tight end position. Do you want to go first? I've just got one more wide
1: receiver. Oh, okay, I- go on. Uh, just just last one, really quick, I'll just do this really quick. Um, Marquez Valdez-Scantlin uh, from oh, the Packers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, got 10 targets on Sunday with uh, Randall Cobb and Geronimo Allison out. And that sort of thing sort of builds trust with your quarterback. So, again, maybe a bit of a stash, a bit like Trey Conn Smith. Mm. Uh, he's impressed on some special teams yeah. earlier on in the season. Now he's got some sort of promotion to to the wide receiver. Uh, so, sort of, I don't think he's starting. I think EQ St. Brown had a few, uh, few targets as well. So, I think maybe they were mixing and matching with those two rookies. Uh, but you know, ten targets is nothing to be sniffed at. No. Um, I think he got seventy-seven yards and the touchdown. Yep. Well, fair, fair return for a rookie. Um, I've got him in our dynasty league, so I might be promoting him from my Texas squad really? into my uh, onto my bench at least to see you know see what he can do. Yep. Uh, in the coming weeks.
0: I like it. I like it a lot. Okay, tight end.
1: Uh, so going back to the Saints for me, uh, Josh Hill. Mm. He's becoming a bigger factor in the offense. Um, they've not got you know they've not got anyone who's i um, going to do anything else apart from maybe Ben Watson. He caught another touchdown this week. with Josh Hill, um, and he led the team in yards last week. Uh, it wasn't a great deal of yards, I don't think. Off the top of my head, I think it was about 75, which just shows that you know Drew Brees likes to show it to him. Uh, so obviously, as we everyone knows, uh, the tight end position is just suffering, and it's just so difficult to find a good one. Uh, so if he's out there, maybe go and get him.
0: Yeah, no, I certainly agree. There's, I've got a couple here. So Cam Cam brake was one a name I brought up last week, uh, trying to get him ahead of the ahead of the curve. Uh, obviously Tampa Bay or Atlanta uh, this coming Sunday, so that should be points. But also just have a little check to see if, if Evan Ingram is on is on the waivers there. You know he's obviously been out for a couple of weeks with MCL, um, and you know it could be floating about there if someone's needed to. Obviously Titan's a bit of a, a bit of a trash. Uh, dumpster fire. So just give a, give him Evan Ingram. He's he's due return. Potentially could play Thursday night. I probably think he'll miss personally. Um, but again, once to get ahead of the curve. He's a, he's one of the better tight ends uh, when he plays. I know it's not a great offense there with Eli Manning. Um, but again, you know tight ends is tight ends. So um, that's, pretty, yeah, that's all. I got. It's a good tactic to sort of see
1: who might be coming back from injuries,
0: who you know have been
1: dropped yeah. by other players.
0: Greg Olsen as well
1: previously. And you know if they're going to come back with their big name. Then you might be able to jump the queue if you're, yeah. you know, willing to bid that a little bit higher, or if you're,
0: uh, you know, at the start of the queue for the waivers and yeah. you know have got yeah. something better to do I've got to pick up a tight end. Yeah, and obviously, yeah, Greg Olsen is uh, potentially in line to play uh, next week as well. Ron, Ron Rivera coming out and saying he's uh, optimistic he could he could play again. He, you know, because he was, a bit, you know, if uh, he was was it a broken foot? He not a broken foot, but he had his foot again, didn't he? So um yeah, always
1: a foot with Greg Olson.
0: Yeah, so you know, the owner, the owner of Greg Olson might have flung him to the waivers a couple of weeks ago on the back of that news, thinking he might have been out for the season. So just give Greg Olson a little look. He's he's due to come back in the next couple of weeks, so maybe next week or two. So he might be. He's obviously worth a pick-up. He's one of the more premium tight ends uh, at the position. So,
1: and just one one final one on this. Um, just I don't know if ever, everyone's seen this, but obviously Hunter Henry's been out of an ACL, uh, but we've actually not put him on IR because I think we're aiming for him to be back late in the season. Mm. So, you know, he's not going to play a lot of games. Uh, he might only play one or two fantasy games. But, you know, he might be one to keep an eye on. And, like I say, if you can stash him away. Because if he comes back, he's going to be one of the bigger names, one of the more productive tight ends out there. And he could sort of win your, win your league and your sort of fantasy playoffs if he yeah. has a big game to play on in the season for the Chargers.
0: Yeah, like it. Okay, okay, and uh, just I, I find it off with uh, with one defense, the D- Dallas defense uh, is usually on most people's waivers because uh, why why would they why would they be in anyone's teams? Although I've played them a couple of times this this year, uh, done okay. And again, they, they say they welcome Jacksonville, who uh, are Leonard Finettles and TJ and obviously Jamal Charles there as well now. But that could be a really low scoring game. So if you have uh, you know if you have defensive that's, that's scored on yardage as well as points, they could uh, could have a good one for you. And that that front seven as well can get after Blake balls.
1: Yeah, good shout out. Obviously, Blake's always prone to a, a pick or a, a dumb play as
0: well. Yeah. All right. So then, the only thing that leaves us left to do is Thursday night football. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles travel to MetLife Stadium to play the New York Giants. Giants one and four. Philadelphia two and three. Philadelphia are three point favorites. Overline underline here is forty four. Uh, I quite like the under in this one. Uh, I don't think you know short short weeks for both teams. Uh, off back off losses. Um, so you know, I don't think there's going to be much going on in this game. Um, low scorer for me. Uh, any, anything for you?
1: Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. Definitely take the under. Obviously, we're ending the podcast talking about a team uh, we've described as a bad offence just now with the Giants, and then a team that, that look, shadow of the form itself uh, in the Eagles earlier on in the podcast, so uh, it's difficult for us to talk this one up, but it's obviously a huge rivalry game yeah. uh, in the division. Uh, it should be a close one as they look out of form, and I'd I generally tend to think that divisional games, um, you know, are sort of more low-scoring, more tight. Uh, of the atmosphere. If you're on national TV, I think the New York crowd will be well up for this. Um, yeah, let's, let's see what happens. I think the class will show through. I think the Eagles will, will just take this
0: one. Yeah, I think Philly will squeeze it. I mean, I'll, I'll probably take newer Giants plus the three. But this is a, ma- this is a massive game for Philly, uh, obviously, to try and snap a two-game lose streak. Um, obviously, traveling away to you know they haven't got far to go, but you know short week traveling you know, away from home is not is not easy, and they're not, they've not played well as well. So you know if the Giants really really want it, they c- it could be there for the taking. But this is a massive game for the Eagles rather than the uh, than the Giants. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, you know we could be talking about them being sort of in trouble with their player aspirations as well. Mm. Yeah, and I that's mean, in the division, of course. But yeah, uh, yeah. Is that one's game at the moment.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, which is more, which is more reason why I'm annoyed at Jason Garrett not going for it, because obviously he knew that Philadelphia lost, and he could have taken a, you know, a game lead in the NFC East, which is, you know, might would be, would be a great position to be in, considering you've really lost two games this season. But yeah, yeah, he doesn't, doesn't, he doesn't think so. Um, from a fantasy perspective, um, the only players I'm really interested in starting are uh, Beckham and Barkley for the Giants, and maybe Wentz and Jeffrey uh, for the for the Eagles. Although I'm not sure if Janoris Jenkins will will cover uh, Alshon Jeffrey, but the Philadelphia defense should be a, should be a good player as well.
1: Yeah, Zach Ertz as well. Oh, Zach Ertz, uh, yeah, sorry, yeah, but yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if Odell has a big game. To be honest, obviously he's going to love the attention, um, being national TV in a big game, a uh, big rivalry game. And Eagles corners that aren't really up to much, in my opinion. So I won't be surprised if he has another, you know, hundred yard plus game, maybe a touchdown or so.
0: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, w- I won't be standing up for it, but um, I'll be I'll be a Giants fan for the night, which pains me. But I'm not going to be an Eagles fan because I'm never going to be an Eagles fan. Um, <laughs> but that that pretty much wraps us up then for the week five re- uh, review. We'll, we'll be back in a couple of days, I suppose, to to preview the rest of the week, the week uh, week six games.
1: Week six,
0: yes, yeah, uh, ticking on quite quite quickly, actually, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's scary. Go so quick, yeah.
1: go so quick. Yeah, we wait, we wait so long. We wait months, and then it flies
0: by, doesn't it? So, okay. so we're showing up to sort of make the most of here. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, the next couple of days, I'm going to go and go back and watch a few games, few foot gaming forties on on Game Pass, and uh, we'll we'll chat to you later on in the week, and we'll 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 talk week six.
1: Yeah, definitely. Looking forward to it.
0: Awesome. All right. Well, uh, that's going to do it for this episode of the Full 10 Yards podcast. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us. Don't forget about our free NFL jersey competition. uh, And also, don't forget your opportunity to introduce the show. Head over to our Twitter at Full 10 Yards, where there's a link there where you can introduce the show. Uh, We'd love to have you a part of the show, uh, and we love you listening. But in the great words of Kevin Cadle, it's bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. for listening to the full 10 yards podcast follow us on facebook or twitter at full 10 yards or email the show full 10 at gmail.com